Good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? I hope our, um, our Januarys are going well. You know, just, I just was thinking before, I just, I love January. I don't know how January works for you guys, but I love January. I feel like in January, I get my family back. There's no school, there's no after-school activities, there's no sort of um, homework or anything. I feel like I can just hang with my family, and we can just sort of just chill during January. So January for me is like the best month of the year. So, I, I mean, if you spoke to my wife, she'd probably have a different story. She's probably very keen at this time to see the kids go back to school so she can get back to normality, but I just, I'm just enjoying this January. I hope you guys are enjoying it the same. Um, you know, I just, just before I start this morning, I just, I just feel to say this. You know, we are, we're incredibly privileged in this church. For many years, in the realm of the Spirit, there's been like a river of God's presence that's flowed through this place. And we, the people of Bay City, we were able to come along and we were able to partake of the spiritual richness that's in that river. So we have this ability to be able to, to encounter the presence of God more easily and at a deeper level than what, what many other Christians around the world are able to do. We're able to do this on a regular, regular basis. And it all comes about because men and women over the years have stood up in this place and have, have pursued the presence of God. They've stood up in this place and they've, made, and they've pursued a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They've made room for the Holy Spirit to come and fill their lives, to have His way in their lives, and also to have His way in this church. So the reason I say that is that we need to appreciate what we have here. You know, it's important that we don't take it for granted, because if we take it for granted, we could lose it. But for that river to continue to flow, and for people to continue to partake of the richness in that river... We still need men and God who, st- who would stand up in this place and still pursue the presence of God, who would still give room for the Holy Spirit to not only have his way in their lives, but to have his way in this place. You know, God, he wants to fill the ends of the earth. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we come into this place, we want to make room for him by, by, by making our praise big so he can come and inhabit that. Hey, let's just pray before I share. Father, we want to thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Thank you today, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that as your word goes out, it does not return to you void, Father. I pray that you would breathe a life into the word this morning, that it would go into every heart here, that there would be personal revelation. And as we go away from this place today, that your word will continue to speak to us, continue to grow and enlarge us, and continue to change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool into it. I want to speak a message on being filled with the fullness of God. You know, God, so being filled with the fullness of God. God calls us as his people to be a spirit-filled people. A people who are not only um, are filled by the Holy Ghost, but who are led by the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that those, those who, uh, who, are led, who are led by the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. You know, and so we, God wants us to, to take on, to take on uh, his desires, take on like, the mind of Christ so we can walk with him, walk in alignment with him, live our lives in alignment with him so that we're in that, that river of blessing and that river of, of the flow of his goodness so we can accomplish all that he wants us to accomplish. What I specifically want to talk about and is, is um, basically the, the role that the Holy Spirit has in our lives. You know, there are three different types of encounters that we can have with the Holy Spirit that I want to talk about this morning. And those three encounters are all tied in together. One sort of flows on to the other. And they're all sort of um, encounters that God wants us to have so we can walk in the fullness of what he has for us. Okay? So 
let's get into it. I just, there's so three encounters, all tied in, flowing on, one to the other, that God wants us to have with him. The first one is, is what happens at salvation. You know, in the, in the Bible, Jesus was talking to this guy called Nicodemus. And he said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, if any man wants to, to enter the kingdom of God, he must be born again. He said that he must be born of water and of spirit. He said in the same way that flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit, being the Holy Spirit, also gives birth to our spirit. The Bible is very clear. It says that before we come to Christ, before we're saved, that we are dead in our sins and transgressions in which we used to live. We're not physically dead. We still have our spirit, soul, and body. But our spirit man is, is, is not alive. Our spirit man is dead. So at the, at the center of our spirit being our inner man, there's just like this emptiness that's void of life. But the Bible is very clear that at the point of salvation, what happens is that we align ourselves with Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and fills that emptiness inside of our spirit man and releases life into our spirit. And, and, and it flows out and affects every part of our life. Jesus was talking with this woman in Samaria uh, in John chapter 4. And he, stood, he was talking about the salvation experience. And if, if we could turn our Bibles to that, if you've got your Bibles today, in John chapter 4, verse 10. And so what happens is that Jesus was asking the water for woman, uh, for, uh, asking the woman for water, the water for woman, the, the, the woman for water, and, and she sort of, and she was just exclaiming that he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. And in verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And in verse 14, he goes on to say, but the water that I shall give in him shall give to him, shall become in him like a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. So Jesus is talking about an experience where someone comes to him, they receive a gift of living water in in, in the inside of them, and it springs up or results in everlasting life. We know he's talking about salvation. And so that whole phrase, everlasting life, when you look at it, if you go back to the Greek word, uh, the, the original Greek language, it's this word called zoe. And so it's not just like life as we know it, but it's, it's like life, the very life of God, the very vitality of God. And if we took it a further step, or step further, it's actually about the very nature of God. So if we, if we sort of wind that all, all together, what we see is that we were once dead in our sins and transgressions, our spirit man had this emptiness in the inside of us, but the Holy Spirit comes in at salvation and fills us, fills that emptiness, and, and fills us with life, the very life of God, the very nature of God, the vitality of God. So now inside of our spirit, we've got this living spirit dwelling in there, which, which becomes part of us. The Bible says that those who are joined to the Lord are one in spirit with him. His spirit becomes part of our spirit. And so the very nature of God dwells within us. I remember when I was first saved, I was about, I was, I was probably nine or ten at a Christian camp, and I was, I remember sitting in the motel room as clear as, 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 a, 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 as clear as day now as what it was then. And I remember just the joy that I felt, the bounce of my step as I walked out of that room, knowing that something had changed in the inside. I'd become, the Bible says that anyone who was in Christ is a new creation. Something had shifted in me, something had come into me, and I'd come alive. And so, effectively, at salvation, first experience that I want to talk about with the Holy Spirit is um, that the Holy Spirit lays like a platform or a foundation in our lives that we can base the rest of our Christian walk on. Second experience I want to talk about is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to tie it on, on where I work to tie all these in together and, just, and then sort of share why I believe it's relevant for us at this time. But second experience is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
We know that before Jesus went to heaven, he, he died, rose again, is going to heaven. He told his disciples, hey guys, I need you to wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from upon high. And so we know he's talking about the Holy Spirit because in Acts 1, he says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Jesus was talking about an experience where the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them from the outside in power. And so we all know what happened. Jesus goes to heaven, and then a number of days later, all the disciples are gathered in, a, in an upstairs room, and the Bible says that there was like a sound from heaven. It was like the sound of a rushing wind. And what happened was the divided tongues of fire appeared in the room and sat upon each of the believers. And then, the Holy, and then after that, the Holy Spirit filled them, and they were filled, and they began to speak in, in, in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that whole baptism of the Holy Spirit thing, there's a couple of things I want to point out there. The first thing is, if you, go, if you look at the Greek word baptism, and there's, if you go back to the original Greek word, there's a number of meanings for this baptism thing. But one of those meanings, uh, it, it's used to describe when they used to take an old ship out into the water and decommission it by sinking it in the water. And so what would happen is that as the ship was sinking, the water would begin to surround the outside of the vessel. And as it began to go into the water, the water would begin to pour into the vessel and begin to fill all the cavities of the vessel until the ship was entirely full of water. And then the, wa- and then, then the ship would go down into the water. And that's just like a great picture of what happened at, at the day of Pentecost and what happens for each of us when we experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit comes upon us like it did in, in Acts chapter 2, tongues of fire, and then he went into them. He comes upon us and then flows into us. And it's his desire to fill every part of us on the inside. You know, it's interesting Jesus' um, choice of words about it's his will for us to be clothed with power. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you'd all agree, but I wear my clothes on the outside of my body. I mean, the shirt sits on the outside of my body. If I was to try and put the shirt on the inside of my body, I'd have to eat it, and that's not going to happen. Okay, so, so uh, uh, the whole, whole thing, clove of power, so it comes on the outside of the body. Now, at salvation, if the Holy Spirit comes in me and, and, birth, and brings through new birth, brings life, and sets a foundation from which I can build my Christian walk on, and I've got this clothing, this, this being clothed on the outside of the Holy Spirit, you've almost got, you've got like a foundation, you've got this outer structure that sits upon me, you've almost got this, this, this almost like a, a building of sorts, or, or a, a dwelling place, or a spiritual dwelling place. So it's salvation. We've got Holy Spirit building a foundation in our lives. Um, it comes like a, a pool or a, a spring of living water within us. And then the second experience, he comes and clothes us with power on the outside. So, you know, it's, it's, always, God's, God's, it's always God's intention to fill whatever he makes. You know, he gave Adam and Eve the commission to fill the earth. He tells us how he wants, to, he wants all the earth, he wants to be filled with his glory. He tells us how he loves to come and inhabit and fill the praises of his people. You know, it's God's will for whatever he builds to come and fill it. So we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see this clothing, this outside garment coming upon the believer. But then then what happens after that is this infilling that comes and he fills the believer. Second aspect of it is Jesus said, not only will they be clothed, but they will be clothed with power. You know, there was this power dimension. Interesting, if I went back to the Old Testament and I looked at the story of Saul, the first king of Israel, it says that he came and he was anointed by Samuel. And Samuel he was anointed as king. And Samuel said to him, Saul, you're going to go away from this place and a few things are going to happen. 
And one of the things that was going to happen, he was going to come across a, a company of prophets. And Samuel said, what's going to happen is the Spirit of God's going to come upon you and you're going to be changed into a different person. And so that's what happened. He met the prophets. Spirit of God came upon him and then he started prophesying like the prophets. He changed into a different person. We roll forward into the New Testament and we see Peter who denied Christ three times, who drew back in, in fear and timidity and, and who, 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 who denied him. We see what happened. They were hidden together in an upstairs, upstairs room. They were, they were fearful and afraid of the authority still. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, all of a sudden we see the disciples down in the streets. We see Peter up there preaching an open air to anyone who wants to listen, and we see thousands getting saved. We see Peter being transformed from one person into another person. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we get clothed with power and the Holy Spirit comes within us, something can change on the inside of us. We become different people. See, that Peter and Saul, they all had inner limitations, inner issues that would, that would prevent them and trip them up from doing the things that God wanted them to do. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, we, we get changed and those things get pushed aside and we become the people that God is calling us to be. I, got, I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was down at the flexible water world in the pools, and they, they put me into the water, and they, and they pulled me up, and then they said, hey, uh, we believe that the Holy Spirit wants to baptize you. So they prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I followed a prayer. And then they said, I speak in tongues. And I thought, no way I'm speaking in tongues in front of you, Lord. I didn't even know how to do it. And, and so it was just like, and I remember thinking, oh, man, I just haven't got it at all. But I remember going away, and I had my, my father's little pickup truck I used to drive around. And I remember... I remember um, just practicing, and I was saying all these different, I was just trying to make sounds and that, and, and, and then all of a sudden, after a time of doing this, maybe, maybe a day or so, all of a sudden it just hit me. It hit me, and, and, and then all of a sudden, something, something shifted, and I found that, that my life took on a different dimension. Now, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and there's an infilling, what happens is we, we change, and I know that I'm a completely different person now to what I, today to what I was back then. So first experience, salvation, the Holy Spirit fills a platform and, and establishes a, a, almost a landing point in our lives. Almost a landing point. Second experience, baptism of the Holy Spirit, where God comes and closes with power and fills us. I'd love us to turn, if you've got your Bibles, to, to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now the ex first experience is a one-off experience. Experience it once. Once we're, once we're saved, we don't need to be saved again. Second experience, that initial baptism of the Holy Spirit, again, is a one-off experience. Once we've been clothed with power, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is, has, established, has established himself in that part of our life. I want us to read to Acts chapter 4. This takes place at a time where John, uh, Peter and John went into the temple and they healed a crippled man and they began to preach Christ and preach the gospel in the temple. And all the, the teachers and the rulers of the law, they, um, they, they didn't like what they were teaching. And so they, they grabbed them in front of their tribunal or in front of them all. And they had, they had, to, um, they had, to, uh, had to be accountable for what they were saying. And they had to give an account for what they were doing. And so what happens was, and they were struggling with it because they knew they couldn't do, the leaders knew they couldn't do anything to Peter and John. So the Bible says that they threatened them. And then after a bit more of talking and discussion, the Bible said that they severely threatened them. And so Peter and John were then released after being severely threatened. And, and you can imagine what all these people, the effect that that would have on you. And so they went back to the disciples and they began to pray. 
And so if we just pick that up in verse, in, sorry, Acts chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness that we may speak your word by stretching your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were, were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of of God with boldness. Now the interesting thing about this, this is Peter and John and the the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the same people that were filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And I can see from this, and and, and we can learn from this, that it's not God's will for the baptism of the Spirit, for the the baptism of the Spirit to be like the only experience we have of the Holy Spirit. Because He came on, He clothed them with power, He filled them. But then what happened was, is that in Acts chapter 4, he's filling them again. The third experience of the Holy Spirit that, he, that, that we need to have to walk in the fullness of what God wants us to be is that we need to keep being, this infilling thing needs to be a continuous thing in our life. We need to be continually filled with the Spirit and to be continually full of the Spirit. You see, have you ever got a glass of water that's full to the brim of water and try to fill it with water? It's impossible because there's no more space to fill it. So if we, if we can see that in Acts chapter 4 that the disciples were filled with the Spirit, we know before, they were, before that point they can't have been totally full with the Spirit. We know in Acts 2 that they were filled with the Spirit, but by the time they got to Acts 4, they weren't as full of the Spirit anymore because they came and they were filled again. The same thing applies to each of us. We go through life, we may have had an encounter and a, a, um, a, an experience with the Holy Spirit where He comes upon us and fills us, but it's something that we need to maintain as believers. We need to maintain, make sure that we stay full, full of God, full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It's impossible, it's impossible to be drunk with yesterday's wine. Now the wine we drank yesterday is not going to make us drunk today. The wine we drink today is going to make us drunk today. The wine that we drink tomorrow is going to make us drunk tomorrow. Not that I'm advocating drinking wine and getting drunk. But the point remains is that for us to stay filled with the Spirit, we need to be, we need to be receiving today's infilling. For to be, us to be received with the Spirit tomorrow, to be filled with the Spirit tomorrow, we need to receive tomorrow's infilling. It's God's will for us to stay filled with the Spirit and full of the Spirit. question is, um, how do we do that? How do we do that? Now, there, there's a, there's a, a, number of, a number of answers to that one, okay? And they all sort of tie in together. But I want to share one scripture with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. It's a scripture that many of us would have heard, but it's good to, it's good to hear scripture again. It says that he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who speaks in an unknown or foreign tongue edifies himself. And it's been that he who speaks. So we know that one of the evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that, is that the Spirit gives us the ability to speak in unknown tongues as the Spirit gives us utterance. The unknown tongues mean the language of the Holy Spirit, the language of the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says that he who speaks in the language of the Holy Spirit edifies himself. Now that, that whole word edify talks about a, a building up. Or it could be even better described as the charging of a battery. So, you, we, we, like for example, we've got a car, 
outside. And we can get in that car and we can drive away. But the car works because there's a battery in it and the battery is charged up. If the battery was flat and we go to drive the car, we're going to go, eh, 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 or click, click, has happened a few times to us. And nothing happens because the battery is dead. The car is unable to fulfill the purpose that was designed for while the batteries are flat. The Bible says that when we pray in the language of the Holy Spirit, that we edify ourselves or we charge ourselves up with energy. And so, more correctly, we could say that when we pray in the language of the Holy Spirit, that we begin to charge our inner man with spiritual energy, the energy of God, that will begin to begin to grow and enlarge and will begin to fill this inner vessel. So I know a, a, a key and for me to stay filled with the Spirit and, and being very full of the Spirit is that I need to be a person who has a daily lifestyle of, of where I come to God and I begin to exercise my spirit man and I begin to pray in tongues. You know, so when I pray in tongues, the Bible says it's not me that's praying, it's my spirit that's praying. The Bible, and I know, I know that it's my, the Bible says that, 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 um, that we, those who are joined to the Lord are one in spirit. So I know that if I'm, if I'm praying in tongues, my spirit is praying, and so I'm beginning to get in touch with and I'm beginning to activate the very part of my life that's connected to God. So if I'm beginning to get in touch with and activate the very part of my inner life that's connected with God, then I'm beginning to engage the actual presence of God, God's nature, God's presence with inside of me. And so not only am I beginning to engage it, but I'm beginning to give room for it. I'm beginning to give expression for it. And so it begins to get bigger in my life. Whatever we focus on in life, whatever we give our attention and our energies to, gets bigger. So I've got this ability, and I've got this ability to initiate a, a refilling of the Holy Ghost. I've got, a, I've got this ability to initiate um, uh, 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 the ability to keep myself full of the Holy Spirit. See, so the danger is we can we can have one experience with the Holy Ghost, and then and then we can go. It can be a long time between drinks. If I'm full with the Holy Spirit, and if, if when I'm full with the Holy Spirit, I become a different person, and become like we saw of Saul and we saw of Peter, then what happens is I begin to see life differently. I begin to think about things differently. I begin to speak differently. I begin to engage people and, and, and approach circumstances differently. Because those who are led by the led by the Spirit have their mindset of what the Spirit desires. I take on the mind of Christ. I begin to see things through God's eyes. And I begin to do the things that God wants me to do. I begin to see clearly the things that God wants me to do. If I leave it a long time between drinks and, and, and where I was once full, I, I begin to empty and get emptier and emptier. And, and that battery charge begins to, get, begins, to, begins to get lower and lower. Then it becomes a lot more of me, a lot more of my flesh, and a lot less of God. So I begin, I begin to let the old nature resurrect itself. I begin to let the old man resurrect itself. And I begin to think like I used to think before God was in my life. See, I know that if I think the same way that God thinks, I know that if I align myself with what God says and I come into agreement with what God says in my life, then I position myself in the middle of that river of blessing. And there's, there's, there's goodness that comes into my life. There's favour that comes into my life. I know that for each of us it's the same thing. But we need to make sure that, that we are, we're, we're, we're in that place. and We're in that place where we can hear from God and we're full of God. 
Just got other ways to say fill of the Spirit too is by, by abiding and spending time in His Word, letting His Word wrap around our hearts, declaring His Word, reading His Word, speaking His Word, reading in tongues while uh, praying in tongues, speaking in tongues while reading His Word. All these things begin to uh, energize our spirit man. You know, when the baptism of the Holy Ghost came, He came upon, and, and, and there is, and, and we still see it throughout the Bible that, that when people, when people um, begin to stir themselves up, people begin to, to um, initiate things that God wants them to initiate. We see God loving them and God's hand coming, oh, I approve of that and putting his hand upon that. And we see the, uh, the God coming upon us. So, even, so, so that whole infilling thing, it can come from above, but usually initiated from within. Okay, so just to recap that, I, I might have confused that slightly for some people, but first experience, salvation. Holy Spirit um, establishes a platform in our life and releases life into our spirit. Second experience, Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes upon us, clothes us on the outside, and then comes in and fills us, an initial infilling. And the third experience, the, the ongoing refilling, the ongoing stirring up of our spirit, man, when the Spirit of God comes into us, is something that we are able to initiate. We are able to initiate. God gives us responsibility. And even as we initiate it, He'll, he'll come... He'll come and he'll, and he'll release extra favor and extra, extra dimensions of his spirit on our life when we do that. What is the significance for this today? I just, you know, I, I, just, I, I just felt strongly to share this message this morning. And so I believe it's relevant for us as individuals, but it's also relevant for us at a church at this time. You know, Pastor Mike's talking about this being a year of building, and we know it's a year of building, but we also know from what Pastor Mike said, it's a year of transition. Okay, the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Mike shared before December, is that this is a year of transition where, where there's going to be um, some changes taking place. And whenever that happens, we can start to feel a little bit unsure and a little bit uncertain. We can become a little bit worried, and we can start to see that, and we start to look around to see what's going on. And so what happens is that the environment that we're in can begin to shape and influence the way that we feel and influence the way that we think and influence and shape the way that we act. But God calls us as his people to, to connect with him and, and, and to align ourselves with him and then begin to shape and influence the environment outside of us. Rather than the environment around us influencing us, God calls us to shape and, and influence the environment around us. Now, as we get into this time, you know, a lot of us, we could be feeling all sorts of different mixtures of feelings. And we could be starting to think, or starting to have thoughts and, and make decisions as to how we're going to act. And it's good to consider stuff. But we need to consider stuff while we're full of the Spirit. We need to consider stuff as we've got, a, got, got God and God fill us. God, help me to have the mind of Christ. Help me to see these situations that are ahead of me this year the way that you see them. Help me not to look at them through my own fleshy eyes and make decisions out of the flesh. Because the results of that are not good. I step out of the river, step out of God's blessing, and then, and then the river just flows on by me, and I, and I miss what God's doing at the time. So just as I come to close this morning, I just want to share it again. God wants us to be filled with His Spirit. He wants us to, to, have, to build a, 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 a regular lifestyle where we're engaging His Spirit. We're praying, we're stirring the inner man, we're allowing Him to come and fill our inner man. Because as we do that, we take on the mind of Christ. We can see situations as God sees them. And we can act accordingly as God would call us to act. I've got this catchphrase which people around me are probably getting sick of. <laughs> I'm not, I keep saying it. But I purpose to myself that I'm going to continuously focus on what God is doing 
rather than becoming preoccupied and focused on what he isn't doing. If I focus on what he is doing, I feel excited. There's, there's hope, there's life. I could be in the black blocks of Africa with just my wife and I by ourselves, completely cut off from our church, but if God's got me in that place, I'm focused on what he is doing, I'm excited, and there's life in it. So if I'm in this body, and I'm with all you guys, part of my, uh, part of my church family, how much more so when I've got my eyes on what God is doing? Cool. Let's pray, eh? Father, I just want to thank you today that you are a good God. I want to thank you today, Lord, that you are the gracious and compassionate God, the God who gives us good things. I just pray today, Lord, as I've shared the word, I ask that you speak to each of us. But I pray that as a people, that we would be, each of us would be spirit-filled people, Father. Lord, fully, uh, fully uh, in touch with what you're doing in our lives, giving you room to have access to our life and having your way in our lives. I pray, help us to be ones that would stay full of the Spirit, Lord, and full, Lord, full and, 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 and full and full and full again, Father, I pray, over our lives. We all say, Amen.